Hello everyone, welcome to another fantastic episode of The Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Today is Turdos, first seed the 13th, and you are just 21 days away from the launch of Elder Scrolls Online. Our show is sponsored in part by TweakedAudio.com for quality headphones and 30% off with our code Off the Record here at TweakedAudio.com and also by AudibleTrial.com slash Network. Download your free book today at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. And also by amazing fans such as Jessica Bruno. Shout out for Mistrius for being awesome. Can't wait to play Elder Scrolls Online with you come launch. Love, Jessica Foss. And also by Jonas Kramer. Hey guys, greetings from Denmark. You guys do an amazing job. Keep it up. Hope to join you. Hope to join your guild in ESO if possible. Cheers! And by Jonathan Pitcher. Thanks a lot, guys. This Pokemon song is for you. <laughs> this is take three, by the way. For those of you listening on the podcast, shout out to our chat room for putting up with my garbage. <laughs> We're choosing Jessica. Hey, 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 Jonathan. hey! You stop playing the song. Play. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dave. I love it. <laughs> All right, we're good. All right. All right. Enough of that garbage. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what do we have for you on the show today other than ridiculous nonsense? Uh, new beta test, March March 14th to the 16th, this weekend. That is right, guys. They're opening up the beta server for one last time. It's the last hurrah. Make sure you're there. Check those inboxes. Also, regarding the beta test, there's new features going on, and we've got the information on that. Also... Paul Sage on those new features, plus some interviews that he, Paul Sage, and Matt Fire have done this week. Uh, not a whole lot of information in those interviews, but the little tidbits that were out there are important. We've got that for you tonight. Also, The Elder Scroll, More Mythical Weapons of Tamriel, Part 4, The Epic Final Conclusion, complete with explosions and books and Lou. Oh my. Oh my. Plus your your dev question of the week. This week in Tamrielic Holidays and brand new guild update section. So for those of you out there who are looking for information on our guild, ESOTR will be uh, putting this in when we have we have new information. Also, your emails. I am your humble host and fellow Tamrielic traveler, Ivarwin, and I'm joined by the one and only Lore Master himself, Lewis, the Lore Master Olan. Hello, Ivarwin. Thank you for the kind intro. Hello, everyone on Twitch in the chat room. What's going on? And Dave Deenforce Adams. Hello, boys and girls out there listening. Glad to have you here. And by Shank the Tank. Let's fighting love. <laughs> He's just had to have the song every time he would have mentions it. I love it. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and also by our wonderful chat room, who's putting up with our ridiculous garbage today. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging in there and uh, and chatting with us. Um, but before we get into the show proper, Dave, we have something quick to mention. We really don't. Let's go ahead. <laughs> no, fine. We'll do something. Sure. Um First things first, something quick to mention. TSO Elite did a crafting Q&A with creative director Paul Sage on Sunday. Sunday. I think it was actually Friday. 
Did you did you miss it? We found an amazing write-up of the entire thread on talesoftamriel.com. Just search their, for their article titled TESO Elite Crafting Q&A with Paul Sage. Also today, Thursday, March 13th, Zenimax announced the limited edition Heroes Guides to the Elder Scrolls Online. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> It is. Uh, please, please give us details. Please. Limited quantity of ten thousand. All right. It's got it's two hundred and seventy-two pages of original writing and illustrations spread across three different books. Also includes a miniature lithograph in a numbered portfolio, uh, and we've got this uh, this quote here explaining their set. And I quote: "This set consists of tomes from across Tamriel during the Second Era." Each book presents different facets of the world. A trek across the provinces by a group of Nord hunters in honor of the sky goddess Kine. An imperial catalog of weapons and armor used by the great races. And the journal of a wizard's apprentice focusing on alchemical studies. End quote. Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's like freaking epic. Take my money. Epic Just take it. Let me see if we can uh, get this up on on the stream. Actually, oh, oh show them the uh, the goods. Show them the goods, man. It's 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 freaking crazy as hell. Here we go. All right, let me just switch it over here, and there you have it. So that's it right there. And um, here are some of the some of the uh, pages that they're they're displaying. That's it from the side. Look at that. Oh. That's dead sexy. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Shank, did you uh did you hear about this today? This is literally, dude, I have been like buried in my desk all day. So this is the first I've seen or heard of this. Mm-hmm. Initial reaction, the craftsmanship is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I honestly I love the fact that when you open that lid, that map is there. Yeah. I mean it's just I mean Man, I mean, Avarwin, you and I have talked about this, how we like the uh, like the the yeah, sort of authentic feel of the UI in the in, in Oblivion with the kind of parchment edges and stuff. Sure. This this harkens back to that. Oh, it's it, yeah, it's it's definitely right up our alley. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it just I mean, it just feels like authentic, I guess, is the best word to describe it. Yep, I'll uh, I'll definitely be getting mine. Uh, one of these. One of these days, or uh, very soon, I should say, actually. So, did I? Did, I must have missed it. Did they have a price on there? Anywhere? Yeah, it's it's about a hundred dollars. Oh damn! Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> it's pricey. And if you live abroad, it gets it gets even more expensive because of the shipping. If you live with broads, they're going to get mad that you spend that much money. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we eating cheeseburgers again? Oh well. Yeah, about that. <laughs> about that. All right, guys. Well, uh, we've got a big show, and uh, we should probably get into it because there's there's a whole lot of information that we really need to cover today. So let's uh, let's jump into that. In their tongue is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. And Shank. Yo. Yo. What's uh? What do we got here today? New beta test, right? 
We uh, we do have a uh, new beta test. Um, maybe at my looking. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. It would help <laughs> if I was scrolled at the right position, wouldn't I? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> so, um, new beta test, March fourteenth through the sixteenth, uh, Tuesday. This was this past Tuesday, March eleventh. Zoss posted an announcement on their site that the final Elder Scrolls Online beta test will happen this weekend. 14th to the 16th. Anybody else excited? excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I, I would be excited, excited if I could actually do anything for it. <laughs> but yeah, I know that the later. feeling. I know um, the feeling. ZeniMax had this to say about their uh, final and quite possibly the longest, largest, sorry, held test yet. They say, quote, Join us in our final scale test event this weekend, and more invites are on their way. We're sending out invites for our final ESO scale test. We need your help to push our systems, so check your email and join us. If you've been invited to previous beta events, you'll be able to participate this weekend too. So sort of a grandfather uh, clause there, which is good for a lot of people because I know a lot of people have that question in mind. Uh, This may be your last chance to help us test. Last chance, guys. For this beta, there's no need to follow a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA. We invite you to post your screenshots, shank, videos, and impressions, and to live stream your adventures for everyone to see. Be sure to use hashtag ESOBeta to share your favorite moments with the world. Participants, participants this weekend will also unlock an exclusive monkey vanity pet for the PC and Mac that will be available at launch. Thank you for testing ESO. We hope to see you this weekend and at launch. Mm, big news, guys. This is it. You know what? You want to know what's really weird? What's that? I remember getting invited for the first time to a beta test for this game. Hmm. Yeah, what would you think? It, it's. It, I mean, I will be honest here. I was not the biggest fan of this game when it was announced, nor when I was playing for the majority of the tests. Right. Well, I, I think everyone basically remembers remembers that. Right. Yeah. But what I want to point out is that from then to now, which has been, I guess, a year almost, really, the game has changed. Like, you put that game that I played back then and to compare to what is the game today, it is so different. But I think it's different for the better. Oh, yeah. And, you know, getting your hands on this game for, like, like an extended period of time, like these long betas like this, I mean, this is what people need. And I cannot even begin to say, I mean, my opinion has completely switched of this game, totally switched, which is good because I wanted this game to be good. And you know what? From everything that I've experienced and played, it is good. So if somebody like me, a diehard Elder Scrolls fan can come to love this game, it's got to bode well for other people, man. Yeah, um, there's there's been a lot of. I remember saying uh, about a month or so ago that the game is basically built, and there's really no, really nothing that they're going to be able to do between you know uh, that that point when I was speaking and launch, which is just a few weeks away. Uh, well, guess what? You know, proven wrong because they've been yep. adding <laughs> tons of stuff into the game that that people have have been going crazy over. I mean, just the skipping over the starter islands is um, is one of those things. And I, I never would have called that. And I definitely think that the, the game is far better for a lot of the stuff that they've been implementing. Um, this is it guys. We're, we're here. We're, we're at the end game. 
Yeah. Final stretch. Yeah. It's right here. Final stretch. How uh, how are we? How how do you feel about this, Dave? Uh, <laughs> I know this is going to make me sound like an ass. Um, I've been through a lot of betas. It's odd because of just you know this has been only two beta tests since the drop of the NDA. Yeah, I mean it's it's odd because what we've experienced over and over again, and hell, we were even invited to. At PAX East, we went and experienced it there. I experienced it for the first time there. That length of time, that huge length of time, that's, that was over a year, that was about a year ago, wasn't it? Just about a year ago now. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and people are finally now being able to, to talk with, about it openly. It's like, if anything, it feels like a, a weight has been lifted from our shoulders. Yeah. Now I, I can finally breathe. <laughs> I think that was um that was one of the big the big things about the game that I think a lot of people were were sort of uh upset about was that they were unable to to really talk about talk about the game and all their their experiences in it and you know now that we're here uh, the game's well, launching soon this is the final beta test you know I mean it's it's great it's, it's a great feeling but it's it's more than that like yeah this is the final beta test but the next thing the next big event is the release the next thing is going to be where all the people who were the naysayers, all the people who are for the game, mm-hmm. this is where it all boils down to. The release of the game where people get a chance to play the live version. Yeah, this is That's it. really what matters. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, Lou, what about you? Oh, I'm psyched. I mean, finally, when they said there's no need to follow an NDA for anything, that's awesome because I, I have a bunch of stuff I didn't post before <laughs> that I actually should share and want to share on Twitter and on Facebook. So I'm looking forward to it. And as Dave said before, you put it right. You know, it, you have the supporters and the naysayers, and what less than two, three weeks? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the game finally goes live, and. The game will finally showcase itself in all its glory. You know, whether or not you disagree with it, hey, the game is out there now. Okay? Nothing more to be said than to just try it out and enjoy it. And I'm glad that, you know, players are going to have one more chance to actually see some more exciting things before the actual release. Uh, Well, even before early access. So. Right. Well, uh, here we are and, um, you know, looking forward to it. Uh, though this uh, this beta test is is going to be featuring some some brand new features, which uh, moves us on to our next topic here. Uh, the beta test will be offering new features and fixes, and uh, we've got that for you right now. So uh, March 10th, community manager Gina Bruno took to the uh, beta forums to let us know about the new updates coming, waiting for you this weekend. And here are here are some of those those features. Uh, they've streamlined and made modifications to the tutorial. It should be faster to complete and have more interesting encounters. Now, after the tutorial completion, new characters will go directly to First Alliance City, where you will then have the choice to go to the Starting Islands. Now, Dave, you you actually played that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a little bit of that in myself earlier today as well. I had two chances to play it. 
Uh-huh. Uh, one before they enacted a patch and one after the most recent patch. Okay. And I actually spoke with you about more than what they're talking about here. Yeah. Um, the Okay, first off, yes, the starting is quicker. You actually get placed right into the main city instead of the starting island. I think that's a terrible idea. I think you should go starting island first. But let me just say that they did fix the quest so that you're like, you start in the main city, the quest to go to the starting island is within like 15 feet of you now. Yeah. So it's it's ridiculously easy to find it. Yeah, some people may be a little confused, but they'll have the quest in their inventory if they have questions now. Moving on. They fixed uh, the starting area so that it has a... a the pop-ups are better when it pops up pop-ups to explain what's going on, how to control your character and such. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. But they also um, fixed the fight at the end of Cold Harbor to exit Cold Harbor and enter the world. Yeah, it uh, it feels better for sure. You tried it out? Oh yeah, yeah. And and you are 100% right with all the with all the things. Now, we don't want to spoil it's... it for anyone out there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I my reaction to Avarn was I was really expecting that I wasn't going to be wowed by anything else in this game past what I've seen. Then I played the intro. Like, weren't those my words to you? Yeah, it, no. You, yeah, that's exactly less. what you said. And, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Just the the way they redid the, the boss fight in the intro. Man, if there's anything that's going to hook people, it's that. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome, man. Oh my it god. It really was. It was, uh, oh my god. yeah. They, they gave it its due. Um, and then, afterward, you... Now, I, I actually started up a uh, an Ebonheart pack character. A, uh, a Nord and um, I wanted to try Nightblade. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to give Nightblade a try, and because I, I haven't really invested anything into those into that type of uh, class yet. And when I went from Cold Harbor into uh, the starter city, or the the city that you you start off in, um, it was Balfoyen. I completely forgot where, where it starts you out now. Uh, well, in any event, I want to say maybe Stormhaven, but that might be incorrect. Don't take my word on it. Apologize. Anyway, what I really liked was, yes, it's a good idea to to have you go to the starter island and then give you the option to leave it and, and um, go to your alliance territory as it's meant to be played. But... What I enjoyed was when I went into that city, I I had the same um, overwhelmed feeling of just, I can go anywhere and do anything I want right now. Complete freedom. I got a little taste of that in a way that the starter experience of this game has never provided for me before. And in a way that felt so close to... Um, the the uh, single player Elder Scrolls experience when you first start a game, uh, a, a, an Elder Scrolls game. I couldn't believe it. It's just you're you you start off right in the city and you walk out and you're like, wow, like there's no there's no starter quest here for me to you know go and grab and run off and I I actually ran off and I just picked a direction I ran off and I found a quest and I just started doing it. So I have a question then. 
Yeah. Um, because I haven't had the chance, uh, the opportunity to, to try this, uh, this, this, uh, the new features and yeah, stuff new, like that yet. Yeah, the new update. Will now listening to what you just said, will I appreciate the update then like that much more? Cause like you said, like you got that sort of taste of the classic games oh, back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shank, I really think you will. Yeah. You should try it out. I, yeah, I will. As soon as I get some time because they put but, a lot of love into the whole aesthetic feeling. That really was what this was all about. This this adding just, you know, the, we already had the diamond. They just polished it. Yeah, is basically what they did with this to the point where, man, if if this game wasn't worth the money before, it is now. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty epic. Um, the, I mean, it's complete fan service. Complete elder single player Elder Scrolls fan service is what this this uh, starter experience really does, and. You know, to to quote Paul Sage, he had said that they received a lot of feedback saying the game gets really good at starting at level ten. Well, they they brought that what what is awesome about the level ten experience? They brought it to you uh, as soon as you get out of Cold Harbor. It's right off the bat, basically. Yep, yeah. right in your face, like here, here you go. <laughs> exactly, and it was great knowing that um, the stuff that happened in Cold Harbor. Like, I have a story quest to go and and like and do. I can I can do my single player. Uh, quest for for my character. I can do that. Um, it's in my journal. I have that direction if I want it. But uh, it's going to be high level for me, and and it can't really complete it right now, or, or even start that. So it's nice to have the direction and knowing that okay, it's in my journal and it's there, and I don't have to worry about you know uh, I'm I'm in the middle of nowhere. Where is that that quest? Like where do I pick that quest up and and go on from here later on? It's nice to have that 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 net to fall into. Also, it feels fantastic to just be dropped in the middle of a world and say, "There you go, go find a quest, wherever it is. Just pick a direction. You're going to find a quest eventually, and do it." And I, that's exactly what happened, and it was great. I, I felt like it was a single player Elder Scrolls game at that point. Which is what the awesome. MMO strives to to do, at some de- to some degree. That's yeah. I mean that that for somebody like me, that's awesome news. Um, I I really need to like get in there and just play this and experience this for myself. But uh, I mean, man, that that was literally like my biggest complaint and it sounds like it's just lies smashed and ruined at my feet now it uh yeah a, a lot of that is is it going away that's all i mean because honestly like the rest of the game i love and like dude okay well yeah. oh that's another thing I, I didn't even see that it was on there they fixed the crafting thing like it's so much better now the crafting mm-hmm. interface um before you had to search for where you would select refining materials Mm-hmm. Uh, it was under like the third tab in. Yep. It was ridiculously hard to find. Now it's the first tab. Oh, that's good. <laughs> also, that's really now good. you don't have the ridiculously long list of things to choose from just to find your damn motif that you have for your race. <laughs> All that's gone. It only shows up once you learn them. Yeah. So there, there's so much like they took out so much to, to show you, okay, you know how to do this, this and this. You can't see what you don't know, which is good because that also it's reasonable. Means, yeah, it, right. it's reasonable, but it also kind of 
to, for some for somebody like me, that means like, oh man, so like I know these two, but like, what else do I need to like go out and discover and find now? Right. For the person who wants to discover crafting, you can discover crafting now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's there, of course. You can just go on a wiki and find it in two seconds. But for the person who wants that thrill, who wants that that feeling of really being their character, where you know, if I learn something, I learn something. But if I don't know something, then why is it on my list? Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, why is it exactly. on my list? Yeah. Exactly. So if you don't know it, you don't have it. Which it, honestly, I like the thin down look of it. It's it works very well. All right. Um on to on to more. We've got we've got a bit here. Um also they had say that starting level starting leveling is slightly quicker while higher leveling is a bit slower. So they speed up the they sped ever so slightly the uh, early levels up just a bit and then a- additionally when you get to higher levels they slow it down a little bit. And this is to make up for the fact that you know you're not going through those starter islands probably. Um so that's that's part of that. Also, uh, implementation of Moloch Ball's newest threat, Dark Fishers, smaller versions of Dark Anchors. Now, this is something that you've heard a lot of us uh, in the in the uh, fan sites talk about because it's on the public test server. Private now, test server? The what? The private test server. D- yeah. You said, what, you said public, which is like... Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be one of those shows, guys, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't already tell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's already on the, the private test server and, um, you're going to get it this weekend for the first time. And when you play it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so, uh, awesome stuff there. Also, uh, player to NPC collision. Again, this is stuff that you've heard us talk about. It's on the PTS. Now you're going to, to, uh, to test it this weekend. So look for that. Also, improved server performance in Cyrodiil, uh, thousands of fixes for quests issues, for quest issues across the entire game, more orchestral music across all zones. Again, another thing that we were we were talking about on the PTS is is going to be available for for the uh, for the beta now. Uh, more gameplay imp- improvements, including balancing and polish to class and weapon abilities. Many updates and Im- and improvements to the UI. Additional digital content. This weekend, you will have access to the items contained in the Imperial Edition and the Explorer's Pack. Plus, you'll be joined by a pet monkey while on your journey. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have that pet monkey. Uh, Luke, pick up on Crafting and Economy? Sure. Uh, For Crafting and Economy, you will now occasionally see the next tier of harvesting material in each zone. Hirelings now send you more appropriate items in their mails. Yes. Yes. For those who aren't familiar with that, uh, there is a, uh, a skill point investment that where you can actually have hirelings, your, your henchmen or henchpeople, go out amongst and, and do stuff and find stuff for you. And they'll, send, they'll mail you the materials they find. Wow. I have not heard of a more appropriate skill for me to have on any of my characters. Dave's minions. Uh, <laughs> They also have new in-game training manuals that have been placed near the starting area of crafting stations. So if you, yes, if you felt uh, totally lost or unsure of what to do or how to do crafting, there's going to be a book right there, right mm-hmm. next to it. Yep. 
easy to pick up, easy to read, and you know it. It's really easy to pick up, folks. So don't be don't be put there, off by it. There's even a fishing one too. <laughs> no way, dude. No, <laughs> yeah. Who's written? There's by? a fishing one. I was offended that it wasn't written by Papa Papa Brisket and Cotton. Now see like, here, like of anyone, it should have been written by. It should have been written by Papa Brisket and Cotton. We Such gonna have to be uh, <laughs> taking some. Uh, you know, some licensing fees with uh, ZeniMax but online. It, it's okay, because I understand that some lesser fishermen want to express their thoughts on how to fish. Oh, they ain't no Professionals fishermen. such as us know how to fish. There, there, there's a difference, uh, Papa Brisket, between fishermen and fisher boys. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, wow. The latter seem to have written such a uh, the aforementioned tome there. Right. Fishermen don't even know how to write. If I want to the rod was just thrown down. <laughs> Sorry. I, I really have no idea what that is. <laughs> but, uh, Lou, please continue. <laughs> Exploration for those of you like Shank who like to just go out and get lost and, and really just get lost. Go, where am I? Uh, Exploration. More areas have lootable barrels, chests, and crates to pillage. So, yes. If you've seen Shank and his stream ESO stuff, it pays to explore, folks. Yes, it really does. Loot all the things. Pick all the chests. Build your empire. Um, (laughs) Inventory and the bank. They've increased the starting bank size by 30. Thank the gaming gods. Yeah. They removed three potential bank upgrades and increased the cost of later bank upgrades to account for this. They've also increased the starting inventory size by 10. Uh, they removed one potential inventory upgrade and increased the cost of the later inventory upgrades to account for this as well. Very nice. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's helpful because <laughs> the bank, oof, and that cost, oh. I know it's the beta, but damn. <laughs> Gee, yeah. Now, now, Lou, I mean, a lot of people were advocating for for these uh, increased in in inventory size. Let's just let's just say overall increase in, in inventory size because they are they're giving you thirty more slots for the bank, ten more for your your bags uh, as you carry around with you. Um, but no one has been more outspoken about this issue than than yourself. So, how is this in in your eyes? Is this perfect? Is this near the mark? What do you think? I'd say it's it's near the mark, and it's actually a good start um, because I, I do I do welcome this. This is a nice change. Um, and for those of you who may not remember, I've always advocated you know keeping crafting materials at its own separate inventory space uh, because you know if you want to craft or you want to go out resource hunting, that stuff does count towards your total inventory space. And you know if you're out there, you know. Again, following Shank, you know, he's looting chests. He's picking stuff up uh, and just getting random drops and things he offhandedly kills by mistake because he can't <laughs> avoid running because <laughs> he can't run away. You know, that, that stuff does clutter up and, you know, there's no easy way to get back to town. You know, unless you fast travel. That's cheating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, again, I do welcome this and I'm glad they're actually doing this. You know, giving players, uh, again, more – more freedom to do more stuff, to carry more stuff with them. 
on on the notes in general regarding the the uh, new features and fixes uh there there is far more by the way coming coming in the beta and um when you update your your beta uh your launcher and and bring the patch on on your computer uh you should check out the patch notes because there's there's far more in there we took this stuff out because we think this is probably the most important stuff um you know for for you guys to know uh, now, starting with Shank and then on to Dave, is there anything on these notes here that you want to sort of expand on? Um, quickly, the the exploration, like the, the, the looting of the items and stuff, I think that's perfect. That is, okay, I mean, Skyrim, you see a bunch, you see weapons on a rack? Yeah, you can pick up each one. Guess what? You can do that same thing now in ESO, and that, that makes someone like me very happy. And specifically about the, the inventory and, and the bank size... Thank you for increasing it. <laughs> Seriously, because <laughs> like I can't even tell you, dude. I um in in like one of my first like characters on the PTS, I ran out of inventory space within two hours, just gone. Uh, yeah, because every MMO ever, in fact, every game ever, I ran out in the first two hours. Which I mean, but I'm but like someone like me, I'm like I'm not used to running out of inventory that quickly though. Um, just cause I haven't, you know, played MMOs. So like I was expecting, Oh, I can just keep picking up stuff and picking up stuff. But I, I ran out of stuff and I was like, dude, what am I going to do? So I had to like panic strickenly running around town trying to sell stuff. So this is good. Um, I didn't even know about the bank thing that, that just piqued my interest. So I'm going to have to check that out. Well, Hey, that's sure. why, that's why people listen to Elder Scrolls off the record. They get that kind of, uh, Hey, oh, oh. yeah, I know. <laughs> just even in case you missed it. There you go. Dave, what about you? Anything you want to expand on with these uh, these notes, these new features coming in? I don't understand. I only need six slots. You can only carry six Pokemon at a time. Oh, my. Okay, no. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> honestly, in comparison to every other MMO in the world... <laughs> Thank you, Avaro. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> in comparison to every other MMO in the world... Uh, barring, I don't know, some weird ones that, of course, have to you know break the mold just to do it. The grand majority, you're lucky to start with 16 slots in your bags. And people deal with it and accept it. This For them to start off with this many bank slots is already ridiculous. Yeah. How many start with? 60? 50. It's 60 now. 50. Well, it was 50, yeah. It was 50. It's up to 60 now. Yep. That's ridiculous. For an MMO player, I'm going to look at that and and then walk into the people who are like, we can increase your bank size. I'm going to be like, why? (laughs) (laughs) I. That's ridiculous. Like, the amount of free space they're giving you, they're basically saying that you don't have to do any crafting ever. You can just hoard everything. Which, I get it, coming from Skyrim, we have a lot of hoarders. But, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for its own game, it's kind of an odd point of view to have, like catering to hoarders. Well, I've never seen this from it, a from an MMO before. It sort of calls attention to how interactive your environment really is. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, think there, about think there's about a billion that pieces of crap just everywhere for you to pick up. Most, I get it. Yeah, most I, MMOs. I get it. You you but, start off with a ten slot bag. And then if you're lucky, if in your first hour a, a mob is gonna drop a five slot bag. And, 
you know. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> right. I, I know. I've gotten excited over seeing bag drops in previous games, but how do you to do start that? you out with sixty. Well, Shank, how do you do that? It's it's because most MMOs don't have a highly interactive world. Well, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, then. that's that's basically <laughs> yeah, why. <laughs> Just just by reducing the number of things that you can just loot, I guess you just you naturally you wouldn't need as big as a inventory bag. I guess you know yeah. you know what I think the issue is is you feel it more in ESO right now because there's not many places to sell the crap out of your inventory and there's only one or two um, places to go per zone if there's even one well, per zone to put away your stuff in the bank. So you feel the inventory. You feel the inventory size a lot more than you do other MMOs. I mean, just taking it, you know, off of the top, World of Warcraft. You can't get to enemies faster than you can get to shops in that game. You trip over like three shop owners just to try to kill a boar. <laughs> How many boars do we have to kill? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else? I mean, after seeing these changes come through, at least with the inventory and bank space, wow. I think Zoss is spoiling us, and I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, please. Uh, every, time we, every time there there seems to be a major update, it's just Zoss is just like, you guys asked for this, so here you go. And we've got more stuff coming for you. And uh, on, on to the idea of more stuff, um, Paul Sage spoke about some some brand new features and we're going to get that into that in just a second but first uh we want to thank our sponsor audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network uh you will receive a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network you can download a free book there today if you go to that link uh and and start your your audiobook journey <laughs> If uh, if if you will, uh, audiobooks are are fantastic as fantastic uh, convenience to to keep up on on your to keep up with your reading. Of course, um, you know we all have long commutes here, especially if you listen to podcasts. You know, maybe Elder Scrolls Off the Record hasn't hasn't recorded a, a show in in a in a couple of days, and you know you have nothing to listen to. Uh, where's my Elder Scrolls Off the Record? Oh, no. Well, if you go to audibletrial.com slash network and download a free book over there, uh, you can listen to to a, a wonderful story being told to you on your commute. Um, of course, there's Elder Scrolls books out there we would recommend as a, as a fan of the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, one of the, the two books, The Infernal City by Greg Keyes and also Lord of Souls, book two of two by Greg Keyes. These novels take place, of course, 40 years after the Oblivion Crisis. And are are uh, very very good stories. Uh, again, audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network. Download your free book today. Right on over there and begin your your journey through the uh, through through Tamriel in audiobook format. All right, so uh, Paul Sage dropped some new features on Friday night, March seventh, right after ESO Alliance. Actually, uh, a couple of ESO nerds like us. We're uh, sitting around playing Elder Scrolls Online, and we were uh, we spoke on the topic of Paul Sage's announcements uh, for new features that'll be added to the game. 
in uh, the ESO beta forums. He he uh, put in a huge forum post stating that Adventure Zone Craglorn with <gasps> with trials will be coming to the game, as well as a field of view slider. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. What was that again? Field of view slider. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to use that. So, How long has we been requesting that? <laughs> and it's finally here. Thank finally you. here. Uh, improved world interactivity. Yes, you will now be able to loot that weapon rack. Thank the eight. A, a death recap. Which we have confirmed from Paul Sage will not include the shank tooltip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more on that in a minute. <laughs> uh, your battle level, you can toggle that on and off. And player separation. They'll be attempting to fix issues regarding when, when you are, uh, let's say, uh, zoned out or um, phased out from, from your friend. And we'll we'll talk about it in a second. And then, of course, he teased that more will be coming. So as we were talking about all of this in a Skype call right after ESO Alliance, suddenly, lo and behold, creative director Paul Sage snuck his way into our chat room while we were doing this live. And we invited him on, on our call in the live stream. And then all of a sudden, like a huge G that doesn't joke around, he just joined our Skype call. <laughs> we didn't even do, add him to the call. He just like popped in like, hey, guys. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? We're like. <laughs> Frick, where he, where he was promptly presented with the huge G of the month award. That's right. That's the second time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also received an explanation toward guild size limit and that it was tied to technical limitations. Uh, and that it will be 500 persons. Uh, you can see our stream. Let's see. You can see our stream be, being Sage Invaded <laughs> on YouTube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Just look up Paul Sage live with new features in ESO. Uh, so it's it's uh, <laughs> definitely uh, definitely pretty awesome. So uh, uh, There's a few other things that he mentioned as well. I know sure. Shank is biting to talk about it. Right. Uh, whoops, there we go. Now I'm at the right spot. Um, yeah, um, okay. I, I asked this personally, like, kind of selfishly for myself, but also because I get tweeted this almost on a daily basis. Um, I asked him, when can we hear any tidbits of anything console related? Because right now, I mean, understandably, it's been focused on the PC and Mac launch. And he said, uh, in basically that we're gonna have we're gonna hear about the piece uh, the the consoles, um, you know, a lot, definitely a lot more uh, after the launch of the PC and Mac version. So after April fourth, all you console fans, myself included, we will be able to hear about the console versions of this game. So hold on tight, guys. Where where we actually have some something to you know look forward to on the horizon in the near future here. That's right. Um, now, again, like I said, there were there there are these features uh, that that he was he was talking about, and that's really the news piece here. I mean, yeah, it was pretty awesome that that Paul Sage just like you know randomly joined our our Skype call to say hi, and uh, he was graceful enough to you know let us uh, question him for you know thirty to forty five minutes <laughs> on a Friday night. Um, but I want to I want to sort of just go over these 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 things again um adventure zone craglorn with trials 
Field of View slider, improved world interactivity, the death recap, battle level on and off, and player separation. They'll be attempting to fix those issues. Now, um, let's see. Uh, Dave, mm-hmm. what, which one of these do you sort of want to just expand on right now? Honestly, the biggest thing for me, uh, which I, I really honestly believe is going to be the biggest thing that's going to be the most helpful thing, especially for new players, is the death recap. I love that they're including it. Personally, I, I would probably, it would probably make my blood boil a little bit after seeing myself die over and over again. Like, you know, the Call of Duty, here's who shot you. I, I can't stand that. Uh, but for new players, especially since it's to give you tips on how to counter or do whatever's necessary to get you through a battle, I feel that the Death Recap is a great, great addition. Oh my god, great addition. Uh, Lou, what about you? Um, I, <clears throat> sorry, I like a couple of them, but the the big one that I do like is that they are they do acknowledge and you know they are, they will fix the player separation issues that are in the game. Because I know I've grouped up with a couple people uh, on the PTS to where, well, no, heck, even with you guys, where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> during one of the conversations, remember we were in that uh, mm-hmm. uh, was a Toothmall Gully. It was Toothmall Gully. Yep, and I chose to. Uh, you know, go the other route, evil to people. Um, I chose the good way, folks. Just put, just put it out there. Okay, if I were in Dave, they went the evil route. <laughs> well, <laughs> we didn't go the evil route. We just decided to kill him. That's not evil, per se. <laughs> we didn't give him a chance. But, yes, because of that, uh, I had chosen another, ra- another route. We all zoned in. All of a sudden, I couldn't see them anymore. <laughs> I could see little icons, but they weren't in the same physical space as me. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I see there the health markers just going down because they're actually trying to do their best to kill this, this target. And they're, you know, they're missing the fact that that third person is not there. So I really hope that um, uh, they will, uh, you know, get the handle on this because, yeah, that, that can throw some people off. All right. Uh, now, Dave, you said um, – mm-hmm. did, you, did you have a map of, of uh, Craglorn and Trials? I did. It's on esohead.com. Okay. Yeah, I'm there now, and uh, I want to bring this up on the live stream. I don't have, like, a a, a, a really good map here. It's, it is interactive, but mm-hmm. I don't really think you can gain an appreciation for, for size and all that with this. Because it's... Uh, it's amazing. We, we actually went through, remember, you and I sat down and tiny. looked at... They already pulled data out of it. So we're looking at what they have on ESO ahead.com which of course still beta things can change don't trust 100 percent. but what they are showing us on eso head shows seven way shrines and how many dungeons public dungeons within the adventure zone how many did we see do you oh, mer- can uh, you remember yeah it was it was crazy uh as far as public dungeons go yeah yeah there was something like seven of them I thought it was something like nine, but yeah, it was something like that. All right, hold on. Within okay, dungeons within the area. Like people are saying, "Oh, is it going to be like a raid?" ESO's like, "What's a raid?" Yeah. Oh, those small things? No, no, no. <laughs> we have those in our in-game content. Now I've I've got it up on the live stream now. Um, this is you know probably the best map that I could I could find. This is actually ESO Head's map. 
for, for Craglorn. All right. Just to give you a point of reference. First of all, this thing is, is supposed to be two thirds the size of a normal zone. So if you've played Elder Scrolls Online's beta and you've looked at the size, not the starter zone, which is already big for a starter zone, but the, the regular zone. All right. Um, this is two thirds. This is most of what you're used to for that. This is what they consider to be four man content. You come in here in this zone. This is no, 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 no. The trials are 12 man. Oh, Craglorn is four man. Oh, four man content. (laughs) All that, that for four people. That excites me. The, that you, tickles me in a way that I should not be tickled. Just to walk into that thing, you have to have a four-man group. That doesn't include. You see all those little torches in there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom in. All of these little torches, those are public dungeons. My God, that's what those are. Look at how many public dungeons are here. I, I mean, most. Look how many ways there's. Look, you got how like, there's like seven way shrines in here. Okay, this is huge. So you've got you've got to walk in here with a four man group at level fifty at least, and then you go you you adventure through here and you find one of these public dungeons and you go in there and it's still four man content, and then you have the trial area. That's a twelve man group. Oh my god, I want to touch it. Go ahead, do it. This oh my god, I want so, it. I want it. Give it to me. So hold on. Is is Elder Scrolls Online only a PvP game at the end level? Yes. You're Nobody an idiot. Else gets you, to play with my stuff. You're an idiot if you think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so divisive. Send me hate email. Send me hate mail. But the fact is, is it's just not accurate. Uh, so there you go. Mm-mm. It's a PvP game. All PvPers, this is the game for you. PvEers, it's mine. Leave me alone. It's mine. <laughs> no one else can have it. So that's uh, that's Craglorn with trials, just amazing stuff. And then you've got the field of view slider. If you felt like you know maybe your 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 weapons and your hands were just way too close, well, that slider will help pull it out or or bring it back in as as you see fit. More world interactivity, unbelievable stuff. You know, this is one thing that that Elder Scrolls fans were saying that needs to be in the game we've we've got to be able to you know loot stuff all around us and and the amount of looting that you can do in the game is already extremely high for an mmo (laughs) and now now you can go to weapon racks and and start looting that stuff too and all right um lou we haven't gotten to you yet on on these improvements oh well i also do like the, the death recap as David mentioned before, I want to expand on that. Yeah, because you know, especially for new players who have never played uh, this type of game before, it will help them. I think it's a great tool. Then just say, you know what? Let me let me go for the replay and see what I did wrong or what I could have done better. Sure. To make this experience go uh, go in my favor next time. You know, and I think in the long run that'll help a lot of players get, I guess, get over that. Uh, gosh, the, the noob hump, so to speak. Okay, the NEWB noob. Okay, <laughs> that version of the new. You know, it, it's a great tool. I think that will bring out, I think, a, a great help to the uh, the single player RPG players. You know, who are going to try ESO. You know, and, and not feel afraid to actually go out there and, and do things. You know, look, I mean, like Shank, play the way they play the, the, the playing the style they're used to. 
Okay, going into an MMO with that uh, that style of play and not getting lost, not feeling, you know, like it's this just isn't for me. Here, here you go. You know what? Don't worry about this. We got tools to help you, and this is one of them. Right. Um, so Paul Sage says, and I quote on the Death Recap, uh, in dar- Death Recap, in your darkest hour, we rub it in. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> when you die, you will now be... You will now be informed of who or what killed you, what the last top five events were that contributed to your death, and offer some hints that might contribute to your success in the future. This will be a UI element that comes up when you die. We don't want you to die, but if you do, we want you to be a better person for it. End quote. (laughs) Can't go wrong with a little bit of that. Nope. That's amazing. Glad they put that in there. Yeah. Uh, Shank. Oh man, my my favorite bit from this patch, th- th- these patch notes here, um, by far and away above everything else, is the improved world interactivity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I pick up absolutely everything in Skyrim. I pick up absolutely everything in Oblivion. The fact that uh, you know ESO hits so many other Elder Scrolls elements on the head. And now it's bringing this one up to par as well. This this is only good. Like this this can't be a bad thing. Like why wouldn't you want to interact with more stuff? It just feels more real to you, and it feels a lot more immersive. And for somebody like me, and uh, you know other players like me, this is awesome because <laughs> you see weapons on a weapon rack. You should you know you expect to pick it up, and now you can. And I love it. I'm just gonna. I mean, I'm gonna probably spend a good chunk of time like trying to find like all the new stuff that I couldn't loot before and be like, Oh man, that's cool. Now I can just walk up to it and pick it up now. Um, regarding now, one of my favorite things about this, uh, it, it is the, the player, uh, excuse me, the world interactivity. Um, it always felt like a, an MMO compromise. When you see a weapon rack, you're, you're unable to, to grab the mm-hmm. stuff off there. And, and there's other various things. I'm, I'm, I'm harping on the weapon rack because that's exactly what, what Paul calls attention to with this. Um, and I, I, exactly, I see exactly what they're talking about. It always felt off and like, a, like an MMO compromise. And one I was willing to make because the rest of the game is fantastic. Just having this in the game now, it's going to be wonderful. Player separation. Um, being phased out when, when I complete a major quest in an area and maybe, uh, Lou hasn't completed that quest yet. The area has changed. It's saved. I saved it. Me. I did. I'm the hero. Lou didn't get there yet. So when Lou goes to save it and be the hero, I can't be a part of it because I'm phased out. It exists in a different, in a different timeline, if you will. Well, they're going to be changing that now. And uh, this is exactly what Paul Sage says about about player separation. And I quote, we know that group members can become separated in some of our content. And we are looking at ways to make sure you stay together with your group members. We are currently testing some solutions. So uh, they don't have anything concrete just yet, but um, they are they are looking at it and a fixes is in the works. And then he ends off by saying, so there you go. Just a peek into what's coming up. And really, that's only a small portion of what we've been working on. We'll be announcing more in the upcoming weeks. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at launch, Paul. Amazing. 
And so, like I said, we were talking about all this and then all of a sudden, you know, boom, he shows up in the Skype call and we're like, you know, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was a ton of fun to, to uh, talk with him about these things. Again, if you want to see that, uh, you go, you go right on over to uh, youtube.com slash quest gaming network and uh, look up Paul Sage live with new features in ESO. Dave, um, th- this next bit here has has kind of been like your baby in a way. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it's your like baby. Screaming and and throwing feces at people and. Oh, you mean in the notes? Oh, okay. Um, I was yeah yeah yeah. Um, what? Of course. Jeez. So there's a weird family dynamic in your house. <laughs> Uh, as a guest moving on um (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway a few recent interviews uh have added together to in small bits of information to make a, a bigger picture and this is coming from a few interviews actually but the first interview coming from zam with eso's game director matt firer managed to drop a few pieces of very important information from some from some questions and answers. Uh, the first question was, what types of items or services can we expect to find in the ZeniMax store? Uh, Matt Fire says, the purpose of the store is to offer interested players a variety of additional services. At launch, we're going to have two items. The ability to upgrade to the Imperial Edition... And an entry-level horse, Palomino-covered, colored. The horse will get you get in both purchases is functionally the same, but the Imperial Edition is the only way to ever get the white horse. We have the Palomino horse available to allow players to purchase a basic mount without purchasing the entire Imperial Edition. Now, he goes on to say, uh, asked a few questions specifically about skills and such. The first one being, when you respec a skill tree, what happens to the experience gained in a morphed skill since you'll forget the morph? Paul, or Paul, Matt Firer replies, if you respec back to a morph you had previously trained, you'll keep the experience that you had in that skill before the respec. So you don't lose experience gained from respecking. Now, he was asked another question, very similar. When you recover from vampirism slash lycanthropy, if you can cure yourself, what will happen to the skill points spent and the acquired experience in those trees? And what will happen if you get infected again later on? I know, big question, but he answers it. says... You can be cured of both vampirism and lycanthropy. When you are cured, you lose the skill lines, but if you are infected again, you will regain the skills at the level that you dropped them when you were cured. So basically, they just get toggled off. Okay. So, good to know for people who who are worried about losing anything. You don't lose anything. It may be toggled off, but you don't lose it. That's for sure. Anyway, Matt Firer also did another 
article. Well, let's let's uh, let's hang out for a second here. You want to talk about these real quick? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay. <clears throat> I uh, for me, I, I sort of um, I, I sort of think one of the most interesting bits here, uh, or probably one of the more controversial bits, I should say, is mm-hmm. is the fact that the the horse is is going to be something that that can be purchased. Well, hold on. Let me not say that because that's not accurate and that's going to be a storm. If you want to upgrade to the Imperial Edition, you can. The Imperial Edition has a horse in it. If you want something that... If you don't want all the features of the Imperial Edition and you want to spend a little less money because you find the... Because you want to get the horse, you can upgrade to a version of the game that will include the horse. Not that you can buy the horse <laughs> but there is a a version of the game that will be in their uh that will be in their web store that you can you can you can purchase um so what uh, what are some general thoughts around around that one uh, Lou well um I'm glad they are offering those uh the upgrades, at least the Imperial Edition, you know, if, if players change their minds down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and gain an entry-level horse with it. Uh, I like the fact that they're specifying, hey, you know, uh, the horse is there if you upgrade to this. You know, you don't have to buy the entire edition, Imperial Edition version. You know, you can just get this, you know, with the horse. <laughs> you know, because traveling, you know, can be painful at times. So, yeah. You know, and, and I know some people right off the bat when they see something like this, Especially this question, it can be a dangerous question to ask. Like, what types of items or services can we expect to find in the Zenimax store? Right. You know, of course, the argument that is going to be brought up, at least for me, is that uh, game companies have to be careful when they start uh, when they you know when they bring in their their online store, so to speak, because then you'll have players who will start accusing that company of you know now are we going to go down the pay to win route? Sure. Yeah. You know. Because what exactly are you going to offer there? What kind of services? What, what kind of goods? You know, equipment, items, etc. What are you going to offer there that will uh, appeal to the player base? Okay, and as we unfortunately see in a lot of free-to-play MMOs, the very first you know things they introduce in, a, in a, a online store like that, you know, is gear and equipment that makes your character better in game. Okay, and the only way to get that kind of equipment is to buy it with real life, you know, real-world money. Okay. Right. So, um, so generally speaking, um, as far as the, the upgrade content is concerned, you know, um, obviously not, a, not a big deal for, <clears throat> not a big deal for Lou. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I mean, is this a good thing overall for the game to have, to have a standard edition, to have an Imperial edition, to allow for people to, uh, upgrade their standard edition to the Imperial edition. And additionally, on top of all of those options, is it a good thing for the game to have an upgrade for the standard edition to an edition of the game that does include a, the, it does include the horse so you can get around easier in the game, but not necessarily all the other stuff. The Imperial edition comes with. Do you think that's, that's overall good for the game? Sure, why not? I mean, depending on, on the pricing. I mean, I, I think it's great for, again, Zoss is giving players the freedom 
to choose, to pick and choose what they want from this game. Mm-hmm. And this is just one great way of showcasing that even more. Saying, so, you know what? If you want to upgrade, you don't have to get the entire kit and caboodle. You can just say, I just want, you know, this and this, and that's it. I'm happy. What about you, Dave? You you, you look like you're, you're uh, well, you got something to say. Okay, first off, the horse that you get, the Imperial horse, kind of sucks. The ones that you buy are ridiculously better. Like the fast one, especially. It's like, whoa. Anyway, moving on. I don't see why anyone would pay money for an edition that has just the horse. That defeats the purpose of paying for a higher edition. The only reason anyone purchased the Imperial Edition was the damn Mud Crab Pet. <laughs> okay? Make an edition where you can get the Mud Crab Pet, then you'll have people buying it. That's the entire purpose of the Imperial Edition. That's really In what fact, I'm trying to get at That's the entire here. purpose of ESO, is to play with a Mud Crab. Right. That's Look really deep inside yourself. It's true. That's really what I'm trying to get at here. Uh, exactly. There, there shouldn't be an addition to just get you know to upgrade from the standard edition to an edition that has you know the horse in it as well. It's screw the horse. We want the mud crab pet. Now, yeah, Shank, what, what what are some of your thoughts, Shank, on that? Uh, I'm actually pretty deep in thought here. Um, yeah, one thing tell. that I'm looking at here is actually something that. Um, is not discussed here, and it's, I mean, understandably, because that wasn't the question asked here. But specifically with regards to what types of items or services can we expect to the Zenimax store, and with this, uh, the Imperial Edition upgrade and whatnot, what I want to know is can the, um, you know, horse aside, can you obtain some of the other features uh, and offerings that are in the, you know, pre-order imperial edition through the game with that like uh, outside of the the zenimax store that they're talking about here i think in order for me to form a complete opinion i need to know the answer to that question before mm-hmm. i can even i guess intelligently comment on what this one is sure um that's for me that's that's a missing piece that i i want to see answered is can you get some of the, the Imperial Edition items without the store having to upgrade or without just flatly, you know, buying the pre-order? I want to know if, if you if there's a way to obtain those items in game. Now, it's not going to be an easy like, oh, hey, cool. Now you all of a sudden like, can get this ability because, you know, but if, if there's a way to like work at it and earn it in the game, like really earn it. Well, uh, when well, you're talking about the Imperial Edition... All right. Uh, no, the answer is no, because you're you're getting a bunch of you know digital pre-purchase exclusives and a bunch of digital exclusives as well, which really has no impact on the game. So it, it doesn't matter if you can get it in the game or not. It's just all vanity stuff for the most part. Um, well, but you also get on. that imperial white. Horse. Well, yeah, I would, I would have to disagree with that. Uh, you can get the motif for the imperial gear. So while you can't play an imperial, which by the way is a, a clone of a red guard. Well, you can't play the Imperial. You do. You can get the gear to make the Imperial gear. The white horse, the only difference between it and every other horse is it starts out weak as hell and it's white. The mud crab pet, you can sit next to a mud crab and, and dream if you really have to. Uh, the rings of Mara, you can purchase in-game. So <laughs> pretty much everything it comes with, you can sort of get. Well... I'm specifically talking about some of the, because uh, I mean I guess this relates to all all the pre-orders, in, including the uh, the uh, the Imperial Edition here. 
Is that the uh, that Explorers pack, or I think that's what it's called, well, right? Yeah, they haven't yeah. announced that they even will sell the Explorers. Pack. Right, 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 right. But that, that's what that's what I'm trying to say is that that's the piece of information that I need to know first before I can make an educational opinion and comment on what sure. we found out here. Okay, so I, I'll need to it, refrain from it doing seem, so. It seems to me that um, you you have the ability to to upgrade upgrade the game. And you will so so let's let's take this right out of the notes again. The purpose of the store is to offer interested players a variety of additional services. At launch, we're gonna have two items the ability to upgrade to the Imperial Edition and an entry level Palomino colored horse. The horse you can get in both purchases is functionally the same, but the Imperial Edition is the only way to ever get the white horse. We have the Palomino horse available to players to allow players to purchase a basic mount without purchasing the entire Imperial Edition. And that's that's basically what it is. Then that's all the information that we have on that. So, um, okay. Respec. Respec skill tree. This is basically the what I would imagine would come out of out of respecting your character. You made a mistake or it, it's not working the way you thought it would be. You want to take some of those choices back. You go somewhere, you you're offered uh to to redo those choices and then to to re specialize your character. Why would you ever lose experience on that? Yeah, um, that's, you're right. I mean it, it sounds like a rather you know, trivial sort of, you know, why would you lose your experience on that? Yeah, of, but it's, it's nice to know. It, it, it know? is. I know. I, I completely agree. Like I, I would much rather like have that concrete answer, but I, what I like is the fact that they took the common sense route and then you're like, you know what? Yeah. You worked for it. Well, duh, you're going to keep it. Right. Um, now, and you can also be cured of both vampirism and lycanthropy that, that, that can happen. Uh, you're going to use the, lose the skill lines, but if you're infected again, you regain the skills at the level you drop them when you are cured. So, if you if you spec into vampirism or or lycanthropy, um, and then you become cured, if you want to get back into it, you can reinfect yourself, and you'll be right where <laughs> right where you started. <laughs> So, um, anyone want to expand on that? No, I, I think it's great to do that with, with respect to vampirism, like anthropy, so that you don't have to go through that. Uh, I guess that the leveling process again for those skill lines. You know, yeah. again, it goes back to the other point. Like, if you respect, why would you lose those points? Same thing with curing vampirism, like anthropy. If yeah. you had it once before at this level, why would you, you know, have to start all over from zero again if you had it before? Exactly. And this, this is. I have a genuine question about. Because th- this is okay. They're talking about the vampirism lycanthropy with respect to ESO, right? Now, I have never played as a vampire or a werewolf in the single player titles. Now, and Avarwin, I, th- I know you you kind of went on this ridiculous quest. So, <laughs> if you cure yourself in those games, and you know you gain all those abilities, um, you know the longer you go without you know feeding and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my question is, if you completely cure yourself in those single-player games and then come back and get yourself reinfected, do you gain those abilities back or does it reset? I, I honestly don't know. Shocking, I know, but I, I honestly don't know this answer. Varwin, if you have the answer, if anybody in our chat room like has one, that'd be great. 
Uh, well, when it came to Oblivion, where I did become a vampire, uh, there wasn't anything that you specced into. Uh, when it came to to Skyrim, I've never become a vampire and then cured myself and then went back. So I, I really have no idea uh, when it when it comes to that. Okay. Well, I know because like in Oblivion, you you gain abilities over X hours yes. that you don't feed. Um, yeah. But I, I'm honestly, I'm not. <laughs> this is this is a genuine. I'm just curious at this point. I mean, because. If it's not like ESO, then it needs to be because that's awesome. I want to just be able to grab all my skills again. Indeed. All right, Dave. Uh, moving on, we've got we've got a, another side yes. note here. Um, this is also Matt Firer when he spoke with uh, the Examiner, but the report we're talking about is from GamerHeadlines.com, where Matt Firer, director of The Elder Scrolls Online, spoke on a controversial topic and even set the bar for the standards of ESO. You ready for this, guys? Let's go. Hit me. The Elder Scrolls Online is all about having a premium experience, from gameplay to customer service. So yes, we planned on having premium customer support from the beginning of the project, and put a lot of emphasis on best-in-class service. So Mm. what do y'all think of that? What do I think of that? I think I think we're seeing that already when when we ask for certain things to happen in the game. Oh yeah, like field of view slider, like first person perspective, um, and we get it. And I can I can speak personally that I've actually uh, conversed with some of the customer service people, and damn, dude, they are quick and super helpful. Yeah, yes. they are. Yes, they like, are. Like, I can't emphasize just how fast the response time is. Seriously. I'm really happy with how they do their their service. All right. Uh, the second quote we have from him says, ESO is a huge game, and any other revenue model just wouldn't work for the game we're making. The Elder Scrolls is an IP based on freedom to play, making subscription the best model. Players can enjoy playing the game and needn't worry about running into content they must pay extra for. Now, when they mean content to pay extra for, like in other games, is that like not just quests, but like actual like physical areas? Yes. Yes. Uh, Lord of the Rings Online, you walk into certain towns and it tells you in a pop-up, you can't pick up any quests here until you buy this content pack. That's, oh. That is actually a pay gate. That's, That's a what pay a pay gate, gate is. Yes. yes. That is the definition, a real life example of a real pay gate. <laughs> yeah. In, in a, you know, a, a, a really popular MMO that, that has been around for years and will be around for years, uses a pay gate system, survives on it, but that is not what ESO would thrive on. So, Shank, imagine, imagine your, your, uh, imagine you're exploring around Tamriel and then all of a sudden you get into an area, you can't move in there. You don't see any kind of walls whatsoever. You just can't move any further. And then a pop-up comes up in your, in your game. And it says, you know, uh, you can, you can get into this area if you purchase, you know, the awesome pack zone, uh, for an additional 1995 click here. Uh, and we'll start downloading that right away. What would I do? Honestly, I would like shut off the TV, probably send a uh, send an extremely hate filled email to my favorite podcast covering that game 
and then eventually become a host on that show. Um, no, but but no, I'm like seriously, like I would, I would, I would get pissed. I would get absolutely, completely pissed because this is an Elder Scrolls game, right? And I, I need to say, I was highly, highly, highly against the subscription model when it was announced. As was I, and yeah, as you were too, and. As I've played, I don't even know how many hours in this PTS server and really gotten the feel for it. I, I remember something that Dave told me. I think it was offline. He told me that, you know, you will know if you want to pay for this game. You will know that if, if it's worth your money. Coming from a Elder Scrolls purist, an MMO, a person that's never played an MMO before, somebody that was against this game, somebody that honestly just doesn't like MMOs in general and was just completely against the did not like the beta to begin with this game deserves my money both in the form of the 100 bucks i laid down for the imperial edition and the 15 bucks a month it is it is deserving of my money and after getting my hands into it it's it's just made abundantly clear like you know what the the content and quality is really it's just very, very good, and it's just it's really, really high. And through the cynics, um, yes, I am taking out a, a payment from Zenimax to say all these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord! Um, anything else, guys? <laughs> well, speaking of payments, folks, uh, let's <laughs> <laughs> segue segue into tweakedaudio.com uh fantastic fantastic audio fantastic earbuds over at tweakedaudio.com thank you guys for sponsoring our show in part today very high quality uh free worldwide shipping hold on let me let me get their their site back up on the old the old stream here so here's tweakedaudio.com you want to check out the goods here you go right here uh earbuds my friend you're listening to the podcast. What are you using to hear us right now? Just think of all the the wonderful. Uh, just think of all the wonderful audio that you might be missing from Dave's some Dave's sumptuous vocal cords by not using tweaked audio earbuds. Right there, right there, right <laughs> down in there. Let's see it, Dave. That's pretty awful. Okay, let's put that away. <laughs> I can't imagine what that looks like on the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. Starting at 1995 uh, and going from you know to 39.95, the uh, the PB green, the PB yellow. That's the 1995 version. It's a it's a fantastic earbud uh, headphone set. You, it rests right on right on your ear. It's got an inline microphone. So you know if you're on that long commute and someone calls, hey, guess what? Let me answer the phone. I don't have to take my hands off the steering wheel and. And I can remain safe and enjoy my, my Elder Scrolls Off the Record podcast and a, a, uh, an interrupted phone call all at the same time with one product. Highly durable. Very, very, very uh, awesome, awesome audio. Great clarity comes out of these things. You know, you pay nineteen ninety five or or maybe twenty nine ninety five for these these parkour uh, red and blue sets or, or twenty nine ninety five for the classic black, which is what I'm using right now. Um, and you feel like you're, you're receiving a product that you spent a couple of hundred dollars for maybe some like Bose headphones or, or beats audio. These eddies down here for, for $89 are, uh, comparable to, to beats audio. Uh, 
Uh, you spend $89 here, but if you use our code off the record, you'll get 30% off. That drops it down to, uh, well, it's a 30, it's a $30 savings is basically what, uh, what Fred had worked that out to be. So $89.95 on their site. Use our code off the record, 30% off. You save $30 plus free worldwide shipping, fantastic customer service. Anything ever happens to these, uh, these, uh, these earbuds, you call them right on up. They replace them for free virtually no questions asked they may ask out of their own entertainment gee what happened and uh just tell them avarwin said my cat chewed through him they'll say no problem here you go and by the way he's an idiot for letting his cat play with those things again (laughs) it's on your file sir (laughs) cat issues with cat issues with earbuds 30% 30% off with our code off the record. You get that free worldwide shipping. doesn't matter where you live. They'll ship it to you for free. The savings just rack up here with, with Tweaked Audio. So thank you very much, guys. TweakedAudio.com for sponsoring our show in part today. There you go. Uh, Dev question of the week time, my friends. Who's ready for that? Here's Clarice. She's going to tell us a little bit about that question right now. Now I'm scared. Hello, this is Clarice Jones. I'm a part of the customer support team here at the Elder Scrolls Online. Hello, Clarice. I'm here to present you with your question of the week. We know that early access and launch are just around the corner. We want to know from you how you're preparing and how you plan to spend your first hours in ESO. Gentlemen, how are we planning to spend our first hours in Elder Scrolls Uh Online? I actually have this. Um, You got that, right, Dave? Here's one. I've been collecting the empty bottles because I gotta have something to pee in. Yep. Um, here's another Gross. one. I got a pokeball just in case. Okay. Uh, a bag of kettle corn chips. Wait, did he say pokeball? Yep. What? He's down. Um, <laughs> I think I have a pickle. A pickle. Uh, Let's see. Dasani drops for drinking makes water better. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think I'm good. I yeah. really think I'm good. So your first few hours in Elder Scrolls Online, you're going to spend uh, in survival mode in front of your computer. <laughs> first hours? No, the first hours will be just playing the game. This is for the first <laughs> week of just sitting here playing the game. Very good. Well, now, what do you intend on doing in the game? Oh God. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> well, now see here, I know what he's going to be doing. We can go fishing. Shank, seem like Yo. you got an answer ready and ready to go. <laughs> um. Okay. So for the first part, how am I preparing? Um, I'm probably going to be going to work uh, that day. Um probably really pissed off because we're probably going to have some crazy project doing just itching to get back home mm. um probably feign that i have some like i don't even know man like 
oh man, like I have Elder Scrolls Online itis. It's like lethal. I got to go home. Fake a sickness. Go home. <laughs> um, launch my PS4 and then just immediately play. Uh, as for what I'm going to be doing the first few hours, probably character creation. And then like the next day, I'll probably actually leave Cold Harbor. <laughs> gotcha. Just looting those urns. What about you, Lou? Oh, my God. I think I've already taken days off <laughs> to account for early access. Yeah. Uh, for the very next couple of days, I already took time off just so I could be on that, uh, be there for the first couple of days and probably admit that I will probably take an hour or so on the character creation just for the first character. But, man... Yeah. Also stock it up on, you know, food, the drinks, uh, maybe a chamber pot. Do you think that's too tacky? No, no not at all. Too. No, you, yeah. you know, even though you know, the nearest bathroom to my room is probably just, you know, maybe just five feet away. Yeah. yeah. Maybe shower. Uh, what? <laughs> that's, oh. um, that's, that's why I got this right here. This is, that's, that's about wide enough. Right. So. Are you no, just baby wipes then? No shower, just baby wipes? Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I plan on, you know, well, first of all, we're, we're going to, we're going to have a, uh, an event and there'll be more on that. Um, hopefully next week we'll, we'll have more on that. Um, so when the game first launches, sure, we're going to be taking care of that event. And, uh, but I, I would say away from the event, what I plan on doing other than entertaining people for, for the first few hours um, is, is definitely going to be a lot of you know, character creation, uh, a lot of exploration, um, taking things slow. The beta has, has been uh, just go, 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 hurry it up, uh, get to this area here as, as fast as you can. If you can, let's see if we can get some levels under our belts to, to look at um, – you know, how the, how the classes work and they feel I'm taking my time. You know, I, I, I really, I don't want to rush. I want to experience everything. I'm going to be very meticulous when building my character. I'm going to be very meticulous when, um, looking around in, in areas to explore. I'm going to be very meticulous when, when I'm, uh, looking at, uh, when I'm getting quests because I want to listen to all the dialogue. I want to get the stories, I'm going to be crafting from the very beginning. So my leveling is going to be very, very slow and it's going to be deliberate and I'm going to have a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, so that's, that's what I plan on doing. My, my very first day is, is just really setting myself up and in, in the pace for, for all of that. I'm going to be doing leveling, exploring and crafting, uh, for my first day and many, many, many more to come. Yeah, savoring all the things we were testing out before and really getting to enjoy them. Looking forward exactly. to that. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, um, moving on down, we are we are now on to the Elder Scroll. Library Bookstore. This is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, I'm and what can I do for you? You have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes. I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh, my. 
take it away, Lou. Thank you, kind sir. And today, more mythical weapons of Tamriel, part four. A list of other we- famous weapons of lore. And this will be the last portion of it. We'll conclude it today. So our first item. Berelzar's Maze Band. It was an artifact of immense power created by the mage Berelzar in the middle of the Second Era. Berelzar created the ring as a means of teleportation, but the ring's powers far exceeded his intentions. Oops. The band was able to open rifts in time and space, and could even open the gates of oblivion, releasing nightmarish creatures upon the land. The ring was cursed and stripped of its power, so that only a god could use it without being destroyed. The curse is thought to have resulted in the death of Berelzar, although the mage lived on as an undead lich and was sealed with an abandoned crypt in Old Mournhold along with the ring. In the late Third Era, the cave in blocking his crypt was excavated at the orders of Almalexia, linking it to the temple sewers beneath the city of Mournhold. In year 427 of the Third Era, Almalexia sent the Nerevarine to retrieve the ring from the crypt. Berelzar defended the, the band with his life, determined that the artifact should never be used again. But he was slain, and the ring was brought to Amalexia. Although the ring was cold, the embers of its power still burned within, and she used her magic to reawaken its power. Although she would claim that possession of the ring would help her to better care for her people, Amalexia had obtained the ring for a malicious purpose. Hmm, surprising. Driven to madness by the loss of her divinity, she planned to murder her fellow tribunes, Sothasil and Divik, as well as the Nerevarine. Her first target was Sothasil, who had withdrawn from the world and now dwelled within his clockwork city. She used the maze band to journey to the clockwork city and kill Sothasil. She then used the ring to teleport verminous and hulking fabricants from the clockwork city to Mournhold. These half-robotic reptilian abominations were the spawn of Sothasil and they caused havoc in the streets of Mournhold. Alexia then claimed that the recluse Sothasil had been driven mad and was launching an attack on the city. Using this ruse, she tricked the Nevarine into going into Clockwork City to kill him. There, Amalexia confronted the Nevarine, but she was defeated in combat. The Nevarine took the band and used it to teleport back to Mournhold. The ring had the ability to teleport its wearer between Mournhold, the Clockwork City, and Vivic City, or temporarily summon a fabricant. No elements of its curse or evil powers remained. The Staff of Chaos. This was an artifact of untold power. The staff, also called the Balakthurm, was created by Lorth, a pupil of the hermetic enchanter Dalek. Lorth created the staff sometime after year 480 in the First Era, based on his own findings and skill. Having been forged from the essence of the very land itself, it was almost indestructible. It has the power to open gateways into other worlds and is capable of obliterating, obliterating the entire corporeal form of a living creature. I need to get this. The staff played a central role in the Imperial Simulacrum. In year 389 of the Third Era, the Imperial Battle Mage, to Uriel Septim VII, Yagatharn, who had stolen the staff from beneath the city of Mournhold, used it to imprison the Emperor in the realm of oblivion. He then used it to destroy his apprentice. Real Silmane in order to prevent the Elder Council from learning of his betrayal. To solidify his grasp over Tamriel and ensure nobody had a chance to rescue the true Emperor, Tharn knew he had to dispose of the staff. Unable to destroy it, he did the next best thing, 
splitting it into eight fragments and hiding each piece within the most forgotten and dangerous places throughout the provinces. In the event the staff were reacquired, Tharn planned ahead. He drained the staff of all its magical potential, placing it within the Jewel of Fire. If one were to relocate the staff and reassemble it, they would find it to be utterly useless. When the Eternal Champion reunited the eight pieces of the staff and linked it to the Jewel of Fire, the staff's energy was released in a single, in a powerful surge of energy, culminating in the destruction of the Battle Mage and the release of Uriel Septon Seventh from his otherworldly prison. The staff was then placed under security in the White Gold Tower. The next item, the Adamantium Helm of Tohan. This is a legendary adamantium artifact. The helmet is supposedly medium weight, while still being very durable and offering superior protection. It has an immensely high potential for enchantment. Nothing is known of Tohan or the helm's origins. The helm came to rest in the ruins of Anisaralis, a shrine to Shigarath located on a small island in the Shigarath region of Vardenfell, far west of Dagenfell. It was kept in a tightly locked chest, openable only by key. In the late Third Era, a Dunmer man by the name of Norvain attempted to cleanse the runes, but was slain by the Age of Worshippers. Years later, in year 427 of the Third Era, his sons, Darius and Dalen Norvain, set out to avenge their father and cleanse the ruins. Following rumors of the Helm of Tohan, the Nerevarine arrived at Nisaralis. The brothers disagreed on whether to accept the Nerevarine's aid or not. It is unknown how the events unfolded but the ruins were cleansed of worshippers. The brothers then handed the Neverine the key to the chest which contained the helm, and it was taken from the ruins. The Gold Brand This is another ancient artifact, which takes the form of a golden katana. It was created by the dragons of the north. According to the legends of Thieves, it was given to a great knight who was sworn to protect the dragons. It contains the power of the Deja Prince Boethia, and burns those that it strikes. The sword is said to have a more powerful, norm, powerful form known as Elton Brand, which lends its wielder stamina and greater skill in battle. In year 427 in the Third Era, the Nervarine discovered the sunken shrine to Boethia beneath the waves, west of the small village of Laad in the bitter coast region of Arnfell. The Deja was upset that his shrine had been allowed to remain in ruins and ordered the Nervarine to erect a new shrine in return for the gold brand. The Nerevarine funded an orc sculptor to create the shrine at Kartek Point, a landmark northwest of Narmok. When the statue was complete, Boethia rewarded the Nerevarine with the gold brand, which was later rumored to have transformed into Elton Brand. Gold brand was sold to Toras Aram and put on display in the Mournhold Museum of Artifacts that same year. In year 433 of the Third Era, the champion of Cyrodiil visited the realm of Boethia and partook in the Tournament of Ten Bloods. After defeating all nine of Boethia's chosen in Mortal Kombat, <clears throat> Boethia declared the champion as his chosen one, gifting the Goldbrand as a boon. In year 175 of the Fourth Era, Goldbrand was supposedly wielded by Emperor Titus Mee II in the Battle of the Red Ring against the Almeri Dominion, although this has never been officially confirmed by the Imperial government. And the last artifact to close out today, the Amulet of Kings. Also called the Amulet of the Kings of Glory, it is a pendant traditionally worn by the ruling emperor of Cyrodiil. In the center of the amulet is the Chim el Adabal, also known as the Red Diamond. 
a huge soul gem of alien origin. It is held in a golden clasp surrounded by eight smaller gems that represent the eight divines of the original Cyrodiilic pantheon, created by Queen Alessia. It serves as the symbol of the divine right of the Cyrodiilic emperors, and it is an important component of the coronation ceremony, and it is a powerful artifact when used for divination. The soul of each reigning emperor is enshrined within the central stone, presumably during the coronation ritual involving the dragon fires and the divine covenant. In this way, Cyrodiil's rulers are brought together in death, forming an oversoul that may provide counsel to their successors. The amulet may only be worn by certain individuals, those who can be said to have the dragon blood in their veins. The specific requirements, however, are subject of debate, and they may simply call for the attributes of a ruler or some divine mandate. Again, back to the gem. It was of alien origin, but the particulars of its creation and used by the elves is not known. It entered the annals of human history when Akatosh, in some stories Shazar, forged the covenant with Alessia and her symbolic or her descendants or, so, or her symbolic descendants while she lay in her deathbed. Chim El Adabal was fastened in the amulet and became both a symbol of the covenant and of the legitimacy of Cyril's rulers. Following the breakup of the Alessian Empire, the amulet of kings was lost in chaotic civil war and its attendant looting. According to legend, a certain king, Kral, tracked down the spirit of St. Alessia, who wore the amulet of kings around her neck. They coupled, and a hill rose on the spot. The infant Remen Cyrodiil was found upon the crest, wearing the amulet on his brow. The amulet of kings was restored to prominence during the Remen years, lending legitimacy to that dynasty. Since that time, the Dragonfire's ritual has become essential to the coronation of each new emperor. During the ritual... The new monarch is soul-linked to the Amulet of Kings and sent to the Temple of the One to light the enchanted dragon fires which burn until his death. After the long decline of the Interregnum, General Talos reportedly recovered the Amulet from the tomb of the Remans beneath Sancrator after retaking it from the Nordic and Breton invaders. And with the Oblivion Crisis, the champion of Cyrodiil recovered the Amulet from the depths of the Imperial Subterrane after the assassination of Emperor Uriel Septim the Seventh at the hands of Daedric Cultus. The champion then delivered it to the Grandmaster of the Blades. After escorting Martin, Uriel's illegitimate son, back to Grandmaster Joffrey, the amulet was stolen by the mythic Dawn. The champion was forced to enter the paradise of Mankar Cameron in order to recover it. This achieved, preparations were made for Martin's coronation, but the ceremony was interrupted by Daedric assault on the capital. After fighting his way to the Temple of the One, Martin was forced to smash the amulet, this being the only way to defeat Mayrun's Dagon. The power of the intimate blood of the Covenant summoned a rare Adric avatar in the form of Akatosh, a fiery dragon. Dagon was defeated, but the nearly 4,000-year history of the Amulet of Kings was ended. And this concludes our coverage of more Mythical Weapons Tamriel. I hope you all enjoyed it, and I'd like to say thank you to the unofficial Other Scrolls pages, Elder Scrolls Wiki and the Imperial Library for all the information I have out there on the lore of this great series of games. Go to the sites, folks. Take a look and get lost in the lore. This weekend, Tamrielic Holidays includes First Planting, First Seed the Seventh. On the seventh of First Seed every year, the people celebrate First Planting, symbolically sowing the seeds for the autumn harvest. It's a festival of fresh beginnings both for the crops and for the men and women of the city. Neighbors are reconciled in their disputes. Resolutions are formed. 
bad habits dropped, the disease cured. Clerics at the temples run a free clinic all day long to cure people of poisoning, different diseases, paralysis, and other banes found in the world of Tamriel. Also this week was Day of Waiting, first seed the ninth. The Day of Waiting is a very old holy day among certain settlements in the Dragontail Mountains. Every year at that time, a dragon is supposed to come out of the desert and devour the wicked. So everyone locks themselves up inside. Uh, and again, we'd like to uh, thank the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages for this week in Tamriel Holidays. Um, now, Dave, on to, on to our new uh, segment. Uh, uh, uh. Play the music. No, okay, enough. <laughs> That's right, it's time for the guild corner. Uh, actually, we just we decided to throw a section in because we have guild information now we need to put out, and it's probably going to be on a more recent basis than, you know, it has been in the past. In fact, uh, for the second week in a row, I've updated the guild blog. Mm. If you want to find that, that's at Elder Scrolls offtherecord.com look on the navigation bar up at the top and you'll find guild blog go ahead and go there it has all the information you would ever need but just as a quick uh, run through of what we've done this week uh, we put through the moderator system for the guild so everyone will be happy and have peace which is you know it actually works if I want to test it out do you like it if it's a it's brilliant Good? Yeah, it's I got, amazing. I got the Avarwin thumbs up, so we're good on that. It's it's fantastic. Uh, guild ranks for ESOTR have been detailed on our forums. That's right. If you want to see what ranks we're going to have in the guild, as well as who to contact from the ranks that are, are able to invite, that's where you go. Now, keep in mind, we're going to be playing with that a little bit at first, but... That will be a long-standing forum post that you can always go back to if you want to find someone who you can contact. I'll update it depending on who comes in and out, even showing who's on what platform. So that is your number one go-to if you want to find out where to get invited to the guild or where if you have an issue, who to contact within the guild. Finally, this week I wanted to give a big thank you to John Supa, for helping polish up the guild forums on our forums at questgamingcommunity.com. Thank you again for, for all the help and getting all that fixed up. We now actually, we have forums for PC for PC, uh, or, or sorry, PC Mac. We also have PC Mac, uh, UK. We have PS4 and we have Xbox one forums just for ESO, just to help you in, trading between people as well as helping you find people to group up with no matter what sub group of our guilds they are on we know we're going to have to have multiple guilds this circumvents that completely if you're in our guild you're on our forums you can get in contact with people no matter what uh regarding the the vote for... <laughs> yes oh Regarding the vote, uh, holy, holy cow. Um, yes, that's on our, our guild blog, again, over at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. Yeah, if you if you go and vote today, um, 
you'll you will see that we still have this vote ongoing. And uh, let me let me see if I can get this up on the stream as well because this is this is definitely very interesting stuff. Uh, hold on a second here. Here we go. Bam. Um, so, which faction should ESOTR ally with in PvP? Uh, now, the the Aldmeri Dominion was was huge, huge lead um, last week. Now, the uh, the Aldmeri Dominion and the Daggerfall Covenant are neck and neck, and the Daggerfall Covenant is actually leading by two votes. Uh, we've had 539 votes so far, 125 for EP, uh, 206 for AD, and 208 for DC. So if um, if you care and you want to vote today, just uh, go to ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com, click on the Guild blog, and scroll down the page, and your uh, your your ability, your your vote will be there, and uh, you can only vote once. We yeah. have a system where it recognizes that you you voted once and you can't vote again. So don't even try. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in fact. I, I just want to say, talking about this poll, I am sickened. I am sickened that so many of our followers did not vote with their ebon heart. <laughs> Who are you people? I thought we were friends. I, I thought, thought we knew each other. I thought we and knew you me. don't. You go in there and you vote. <laughs> you just you just drop your daggers around everywhere or dominion your ultimate i don't know whatever it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense ebon hearts where it's at what's wrong with you people <laughs> all right uh guys anything else all Dave's right. wrong that's it Dave's wrong <laughs> on to your emails right after this i've been looking for you got something i'm supposed to deliver your hands only what I really meant to play was this. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I cut it off. Ah, oh, sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one comes from Lee Collins, who says, "Hey, guys, with the launch of ESO being just around the corner, I was wondering how you're going to name your characters." Are you going to be more lore-friendly choices that match names from your race, or are you choosing whatever you like? I prefer to choose lore-friendly names, but I'm not aware of any resource that can explain naming conventions for the races of Tamriel. Do you guys have any idea how how I go about choosing names to fit? I'm loving the podcast. Thanks for all of your efforts. All the best. Lee Collins from the UK. P.S. There was an email from Colin Lee in the last podcast. The name freaked me out for a second there. <laughs> uh I, I mean, you know, when it comes to that kind of thing, um, go to the staples, man, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages and the Imperial Library. Uh, those those sites have been around since, you know, the very, very early days, uh, the, the arena and uh, Daggerfall era. If it's going to be found, it's going to be found there. So I, I would I would say that other than that, um, just kind of, you know, be aware of your surroundings. You know, if you're. If you're going to, if you're going to make an Argonian, um, then don't play the game. Then yeah, that Shank would say that. 
You know, uh, there's a prominent Argonian in the uh, in the game. She's the leader of the Fighters Guild. Her name is Seasol Colors. So you could come up with right. an Argonian name. So go with three words. Right. Like, Beats Shanks face. Uh, eats all farts. <laughs> Lifts her um, tail from the lusty. Smells <laughs> really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of. Uh, if you actually, well, it takes time to actually read the books you discover in the games. Um, and you see where these characters are turning in terms of how their names are, are, are created, even with the NPCs you see in the game. Okay, again, sees all colors, okay? Uh, with okay, that great Khajiit companion you meet in, in uh, Mary Dominion. Ah, Razum Dar. Razum Dar. <laughs> you know? You, you'll, you'll see and pick up a trend of how these characters were named over the years, so I'd say go with that. Otherwise, you may have to do the old Star Wars type of uh, naming convention. You know, it was take your last name. <laughs> the first three last name. Put the first three first name. I'm Timmy Timbertrail. Oh, yeah, that's a different one. <laughs> There's also uh, just a quick tip to kind of build off of what Lou said. Um, just specifically for orcs, all the orcs have like a three-name system, but their middle uh, sort of pre- uh, prefix, I guess. If they're male, it's Gro, G-R-O. If it's a female, it's Gra, G-R-A. So uh, if you want to play an orc, you got a somewhat starting position. It's like in the South, every male is middle named Lee and every female is middle named Lynn. My name is Cotton Lee Jefferson. It is. (laughs) It is. So you're saying Liz has a middle name Liz Lynn LeBeau? (laughs) Papa Lee Brisket. My name is David Lee Adams. I'm very closely related to David Lee Roth. That's probably the most badass thing I've heard you say. No joke. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, next email. Lou! <laughs> and our next email comes from Osgand. Osgand writes in, Hey, guys. I remember it was mentioned somewhere that artifacts like Dawnbreaker. Dawnbreaker? Dawnbreaker! Dawnbreaker! Dawnbreaker. And a Warlock's ring would not be an ESO tier. It was several months ago, so I can't remember where, or even if it was from an official source or not. Anyway, I was reading up on some lore and listening to Lou's lore segment, and when I heard him mention artifacts, I ran over to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages and looked at the book Famed Artifacts of Tamriel by Yagram Bagarn and reread it again. For almost every item that was listed, it said that the artifacts tend to disappear or abandon their wielder. I believe that this is a mechanic that Zoss could use to add these pieces into ESO. Every few days or weeks, an artifact could despawn from players' inventory regardless of where they are or what they are doing. This would cause the quest giver to spawn in a random location or the chance to find the item as a random drop. This would keep them in constant circulation and stop anyone from being too overpowered. This brings me to my next point. If artifacts are in-game, they have to be overpowered. At least a little. Think about it. Many of them are created by either the Deager or the Ager out of their own essence. If you find one of these, you are literally wielding part of a god. Just my two gold on the subject, Osgand. <laughs> so what do you, you got know, on that, Lou? Oh, oh go ahead, Dave. Oh, well, I, I actually was going to bring up, I know we have very different opinions on this between our own people here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I 
I for one, I wouldn't mind seeing, of course, the artifacts in the game. But to keep them permanently, no, that's not going to happen. To me, that that yeah, would be game breaking. Yeah, totally game breaking. Hmm. However, I do like the idea of uh, you know you do get the item for a little bit to help you complete a quest, like you're facing some uber mm-hmm. uber creature or some ridiculously daunting task that's presented before you, and you need this like you know, an this adventure weapon. zone. Exactly, you need it to to complete that particular quest line. I think that would work. You know, like uh, for example, if, if Shiogara gave you the Wabba Jackson, hey, you know what? I know I just put you on a trial, but you know I'll give you a sporting chance since I'm a nice guy. Uh, here, have this little have this little trinket of mine. You never know what's going to happen, so just use it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it back from when you're done. You know, and when the quest is done, he appears or one of his minions appears and they take it back from you. You know. Yeah, I, I would I would be in favor of that. That that uh, yeah. these things sort of just make an appearance, not necessarily uh, something that you can you can use all the time. I'd be in favor of that. Yeah. I, you know, I want to, I, this is me going back to wow again, but one of my favorite fights from wow. And I'm sure there's other people who may remember it was Prince Kalfa Sunstrider. Mm. Remember him? Yeah. From I the remember. eye. Yep. That fight halfway through the fight, he summons like 10 legendary weapons that fight you. You beat them. Then you can wield them in battle to shut him down basically dirt different ones have different effects but they only survive long enough to get through the battle i would love to see this happen in in some form of faction in eso where some craziness happens some you know a daedric prince pops out of the ground and goes man i really need that guy's butt kicked here use my crazy ass mace and someone goes oh my god you know use the mace that would be so cool you know, being able to just, even if it's for that one quest, and then you have to hand it back and be like, damn it, I really like that thing. But anyway, still, it'd be really cool to play with. What's the uh, the Elder Scrolls PRS say on this idea? I completely disagree with this, 150 million percent. Uh, I understand why, I, given the explanation he, he writes here, or she, I'm not sure, Osgand, um, Mr. Fan or Mrs. Fan. Uh, I understand why it would need to disappear from the inventory, but I completely am against it. Because one of the things I love doing, uh, for example, that the uh, I'll give you a perfect example. It's Skyrim, right? You go into the uh, you cut, that that first piece in uh, White Run, and the Jarl's like, "Oh man, here, like you can like let me give you something for my personal armory, right?" And he either gives you like an axe or like a sword or like some some piece of weapon. What I love doing is taking that. And taking it to my house and putting it on my uh, in my like weapons rack and just kind of like keeping and that, I do that honestly for like all the cool, I guess uh, quote unquote like legendary sort of artifacts or anything cool or unique things that I find in the game. I, I like doing that. I, I I would hate it to like go, go through the hard work of getting it for a quest and then having it disappear a couple of days later. Like to me, that would t- totally diminish my workload. I want to be able to everything that I find. I want to be able to keep it. It's that's that's the Elder Scrolls in me. Like I want to keep it. I want to look at it. I want to just like see how cool it looks compared to the rest of my stuff. And I, it, frankly, it makes me feel unique. Hmm. All right, uh, on to our last email. And uh, Shank, I think uh, I think you should be reading this one. All right, let me scroll down to the right spot and. 
not. I saw this on Twitter. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. Now, see here. Hello, Elder Scrolls off the record crew. First of all, I would just like to say, keep up the great work. In my opinion, you are by far the best gaming news forward slash fan site, comma, you always give the most accurate information with well-thought-out viewpoints from many different angles, along with always making sure you are entertaining with all the jokes that get thrown in. Don't let the trolls get you down. It sounds like you have been having a tough time recently and would hate to see any of you stop because of it. I took a screenshot of a loading screen from ESO. Thought you might appreciate the caption. Looks like Zoss even had Shanks playstyle in mind for the loading screens. Here's to another 100 episodes. Cotton Lee Kane. It says, Fleeing is a perfectly valid tactic if you wander into a tough situation. Find or craft better gear, use skill potions, or level up a bit more. Then come back to fight another day. (laughs) I saw this on Twitter and laughed so hard and like literally cheered. I I am now convinced that somebody at Zenimax listens to my bravely running away tactic idea and is like, that is actually ridiculous. We need to just have that viable. Yeah. <laughs> Shank, someone at Zoss loves you. <laughs> they appreciate your game style. Yeah. That is, I mean, honestly, that is, br- I have never seen that loading screen yet in the game. At least I remember, like, I read like all the, dude, that is awesome. I will take it to heart and run away and run run away. <laughs> I also find it very very interesting that there's pumice stones in the game, you know. Yes, dude. Could yeah. be. <laughs> I find it, it very shanks. interesting. Yes, there are shanks. There, there are shanks in the game. I found. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, well, uh let's see. It's uh the bottom of the show. Time for the top of the community segment and then on to our final thoughts. Well, if you would like to join our our wonderful, wonderful community here, it's, it all starts at questgamingnetwork.com. You can check up on the latest and the greatest in Elder Scrolls news, general gaming, and how to join our great community as well at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Check out our guild blog and our guild forums, and you can email our show at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at elderscrollsotr. I'm Varwin. You can follow me at Varwin. That's E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B. That's G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. Dave is at D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. And I just want to say that at the pantsless homie has been up here for like the last 20 episodes. <laughs> On the notes. I never remember to take it off. Beautiful. Uh, but I always manage to to sidestep it. And uh, Shank is at ShankTank. S H A N K T H T A N K and and don't forget to leave off that last uh, e in uh, Shank the Tank for for amazing sales on on pumice stones and of course for for uh, tips on how to bravely run away get Shank's new book Bravely Running Toward You and Away from Danger available now in the College of Winterhold Library uh, you may have to steal it from a crabby uh, orc but. There it is, his his brand new book, Bravely Running Towards You. Wow. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, questgamingnetwork.com. We are owned by the Quest Gaming Network. And if you want to check up on all of our wonderful shows here, go to questgamingnetwork.com. Hey, you know what? If you want to support us, you can also do it at questgamingnetwork.com. We've got a donate button. You can head over there, press the, uh, the little button and, uh, you know, certainly find a way to donate through our, our PayPal. Anything is, is, uh, appreciated. But if you do decide to donate, uh, $10 or more, you will get a special mention, as you heard at the very top of our show. (laughs) (laughs) Randomly hitting play now! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Certainly, uh, it would be uh, be a wonderful thing to get you shouted out on our show. Uh, You could say, say, hey, check out my guild. Hey, check out my website. Or... or, uh, Hey, thanks for for doing uh, the awesome that you do. So, uh, and of course, it's always appreciated. Follow our other shows like uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night. We do that live Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, as well as Community Game Night live on Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Rift Off the Record Live is Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and totally here, excuse me, Swotor Reforged is on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Quickly followed by Totally Heroes, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, our forums are at Quest Game. Taste, that tastes great together. Yeah. Mm, mm, Swotor. Mm, mm, oh, totally no. Heroes. Mm, delicious. <laughs> uh, for our forums are uh, at QuestGamingCommunity.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash QuestGamingNetwork. And follow us on Google Plus at Google.com slash plus sign quest gaming network and of course you can catch this recorded this episode right here on youtube.com slash quest gaming network as well as all of our uh let's plays and uh the various elder scrolls online streams that uh that we've been doing and will be doing when the game goes live gentlemen what's our final thoughts for the evening so we'll start with lou Vote Elmer Dominion or the also the Bosmer after you. No, 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 no. no. I gotta say a lot of great stuff was put in today. Um Man, my final thoughts. I'm going back to that Paul Sage, those new features. Man, again, I just want to bring up the fact that this company has done so much uh to appeal to its customer base, you know, to to listen to the thoughts of its players and work to make the game you know, appealing to them. So I just want to applaud them again for that fact. You know, Zenimax Online, great job. Please keep it up. This is wonderful. You know, I've never seen this much care and concern and appreciation of uh, the fans as they have shown and And, are showing. So, And Shank. Man, it would be really great if I could sum up my thoughts with uh, some music behind me, but – I don't know where I can get some of that. Are you referring to maybe something like this? Yeah, that that's I that was just an excuse to listen to the song and I, I have it. <laughs> oh, it's still going. Go ahead, Shank, what's your final thoughts? Um, 
I, God, my brain is all over the place. I'm just glad that Dave like, sent you that song and uh, Diego ESO patch notes. <laughs> and Dave. Okay, my big thoughts is I want to remind everyone make a new character. Whenever the beta comes out, oh god. Make a new character whenever the beta comes out. Yes. Hit a few hours. <laughs> Update now. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for hanging in with us this entire episode uh, and for dealing with this ridiculous song. I blame Dave. I blame Maury. Quest Gaming Network is an well uh, is a great is a great podcasting company, but Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the foos be with you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us. See you all next time. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. That's fighting love. Wow.